Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, and welcome to Aranex. I'm Craig Eason, Editorial Director of Fathom World. Aranax is a podcast looking at the changing shape of our oceans, the technology, the people, and the environment. This is our last episode before a summer break, and we have the last of the three episodes looking at the developments of autonomous ships and autonomous vessel systems. We've heard earlier about the commercial projects and the development of international regulations, but not all the technologies on autonomous vessel systems are bound for vessels that need to comply with the international regulations that have been written by the IMO. There are many drones and autonomous systems that have and are still being developed for research and for the military space. So in this episode, we'll look briefly at the startup market and what is happening to create the link between innovation and commercial reality. I also have the second half of my interview with Brett Fanouf, the American behind the Mayflower project that will send an IBM-powered autonomous ship to resail the route of the original Mayflower, which went from Plymouth, the UK, to Plymouth, USA, 400 years ago. Now, autonomous systems seem to be growing in popularity and certainly have captured the public imagination for good and bad. So what do we mean about autonomous technology? Nick Chubb, founder and CEO of the research consultancy Thetius in the UK, recently published a report on the autonomous vessel market. So I asked him to explain what this potential market is. The basic technology behind autonomy can be applied whether it's a, a, a small robot moving around a factory floor or a warehouse uh, or a vessel crossing an ocean uh, or a car or a plane. Uh, so there are quite a lot of companies now that um, are building generic autonomy platforms uh, that can then be used in various different disciplines. Uh, and although we're not really seeing that, that kind of technology being applied in the large ship, commercial shipping space. Um, We are seeing uh, a lot of movement in the um, ocean sensing space. Uh, And and it's it's this kind of um, crossover between maritime, uh, ocean tech, blue tech, whatever you want to call it, uh, and and emerging environmental sciences. But there's there's definitely a demand uh, to get a better understanding of of what's going on in the oceans, um, a better understanding of biodiversity, a better understanding of temperatures. Uh, and it's far, far cheaper to send out a fleet of drones. Um, they can often go to sea for a year at a time uh, and sail very, very slowly, but in that time, uh, cover a lot of ground uh, and capture a huge amount of data. Uh, and it's obviously much, much cheaper than sending out a, a large research vessel to do the same job. So, th- so the biggest disruption we're beginning to see is in that um, research space. And I think that's going to filter down into the um, uh, charting and hydrography space as well o- over the next few years. The value of the autonomous shipping market, uh, as, as we measure it, is about $1.1 billion this year. Uh, and we expect it to grow by about 7% a year over the next five years. Uh, most of that growth is going to come in the drone and workboat sectors, um, uh, and we, we think it's unlikely that we're going to see significant growth in the large autonomous vessel market 
um, until there is uh, legislation from the IMO that, that, that fully enables it on a commercial basis. Do you see particular countries taking advantage of these small research opportunities? I don't mean the large commercial vessels that NYK, that um, Yara through the Yara Birkeland, um, and that's those commercial cargo vessels. But I mean the, the research vessels, the drones, the work boats that go out there for long periods of time and, the, and particularly the military applications as well. Yeah, so the, 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 I would say the US is a leader in, in that space. Probably the, the, the best funded uh, autonomous shipping startup, um, for want of a better term, is um, Sail Drone, based over in the west coast of the US. They've had about $80 million in funding. I think they've got a fleet now of something close to 300 drones um, uh, sailing up and down the, the Pacific Ocean, collecting data. Um, also, when you look at military applications, um, Israel has become a bit of a, a hub, um, as is the UK. Um, the, the, both both of those defence sectors, large defence contractors um, that are involved in everything from building big warships to planes, um, they're also looking very seriously at, at this um, um, sort of small workboat unmanned uh, space. And it's to Israel that we now look. The country has an extremely buoyant startup market where backing is available for business-to-business solutions. And one nexus for shipping and maritime startups in the country is the Dock Innovation Hub, a startup accelerator that has now become a venture capital fund backing the maritime startups that it's bringing into its ecosystem. In June, the Dock launched a call to find some autonomous system startups to meet the demands of two of its corporate clients. These two clients are Thyssen Krupp's Marine Systems Division and a subsidiary of the same company called Atlas Electronic. Both are based in Germany. These companies are already well-known military and maritime systems developers with a history in warfare and naval technologies, remote sensing and increasingly into automation. Atlas Electronic has already developed, for example, autonomous minesweeping, which it now supplies to the British Royal Navy. These two businesses have teamed up with the dock to find new technologies and startups that address a range of challenges. Hopeful startups have until August to send in applications based on a range of different technology needs that are being sought. This then is a good chance to get a feel for the autonomous systems market and where the ideas are coming from. So I spoke to Nir Guardsman. He's the chief operating officer at the dock in Israel to find out how many startups he thinks there are and why large corporates with existing expertise in developing innovation systems would go looking for these startups. Like happening in auto tech sector or, uh, or in any or in the industrial IoT, we need the corporates as integrators, as distribution partners that know how to bring mature projects and, uh, and products to, to the market. And the startup can play a significant role in bringing uh, point solutions where uh, the corporate feel uh, some, some challenge or lack of resources to, to go deep dive into specific areas of interest such as computer vision analytics or, um, or underwater communication methods, optical communication methods, how to compress more communication bandwidth on existing infrastructure, how to uh, better manage by, uh, by less data transfer and remote uh, uh, operation. 
הודו המור וויז ומור לייט אנד קוסט אפישן אנד ריסורסס אפישן, דיסיזן מייקינג פרוסס אוף אוטונומוס או רימוטלי אופרייטד ויקלס, בוטס אבב ווטר אנד אנדר ווטר, to make sure that they will be more uh, energy efficient and this goes into both to the battery technology, both for the charging technology and both to the uh, energy consumption of the, of the entire system. So in each and every aspect, there is a place for new innovation and new ideas. And we find uh, honorable partners in Atlas with the openness to say, listen, we are uh, used to buy and to integrate those technologies from other corporates till date to buy off-the-shelf products or off-the-shelf components. And in order to be more uh, advanced and more on the cutting edge of the technology of, of the future, we are ready to collaborate with startups that will, uh, uh, will become part of the entire integrated systems that uh, they deliver. Uh, and actually, they show with us uh, the areas when they think that they can uh, help in early stage deep tech startups that can uh, fill the gaps and uh, be complementary to the existing systems they have. And regarding your last question about how many startups there are uh, out there, so... We recognize on our internal CRM already a few tens of startups that uh, can deliver interesting solutions to those, uh, those specific challenges. Having said that, uh, we published an open call for application in order to catch also new ones, and we got already 30, 3-0 new applications of startups that we didn't know before. Uh, some of them from Israel, but most of them Uh, from, uh, from the entire globe, from the U.S., from India, from, uh, from Europe, uh, you name it, uh, that, uh, that offer interesting technology for those uh, challenges. And also, uh, we go proactively to other uh, sectors, autotech uh, VCs and accelerators, industrial IoT accelerators and innovation hub, in order to recognize startups that never heard on the maritime sector as a target market, uh, they initiate or build originally their company, their product to serve different sectors. And now when they expose through, uh, through the color of application uh, published by the doc and uh, Atlas and PKMS to, to the opportunity to have additional strategic market to work towards, naming the maritime sector, They will maybe consider to take their technology, their, uh, their product, their know-how to solve the challenges also of the maritime sector. The big benefit here that sometimes there, there is a very developed uh, technologies that also got funding from, you know, uh, automotive uh, giants around the world in order to bring this product to maturity. And now with pretty small modification, it could serve also as part of... Uh, autonomous systems on board a vessel or a submarine or an underwater uh, drone. So, so all in all, I don't think that we can say there is a specific cap of startups that we know. Uh, we know a few tens. We got additional 30 uh, in, in the call for application till date. But there is uh, many others out there that uh, we still don't know and we're happy to, to use your uh, ecosystem and this opportunity to, to expose our activity as well. 
And moreover, I can say that there is uh, a huge number of startups that are serving other verticals that hopefully through our activity will be exposed to the, to the opportunity to act also with uh, partners in the maritime sector and open a new strategic uh, vertical for, for their products. Now, a couple of episodes ago, we heard from Brett Fanouf. Brett is in charge of the Mayflower Autonomous Ship Project, which has built an autonomous unmanned trimaran-style vessel that will use IBM software, algorithms, artificial intelligence, as well as sensing technologies, to sail later this year from Plymouth, England to Plymouth, Massachusetts, USA. Yes, the same two ports that the Mayflower vessel sailed between with mostly Dutch and English pilgrims 400 years ago. The first part of my interview with him looked at the actual voyage and the development of the systems. But this second part now looks at how he thinks the voyage will achieve changes and the changes that he thinks will happen both within science and technology and the use of autonomous systems in the future. It depends on how successful it is. I think it's, uh, it's, as I said, it's multifaceted in terms of research. What I'm mostly interested in is, as I noted, the autonomy part of it, the AI part. You know, reliability of the mechanical and automated systems is is critical, but that's largely solved. Um, Whether or not, you know, there's a regulatory piece to this that we have to think about when we're dealing with the relevant authorities on that topic. Um, There's a a technology piece to it uh, that we're dealing with with IBM and our other sponsors who are assisting us in making it possible. How it translates in the future, I think, is going to largely be driven by the economics. So right now it's kind of a funny time because uh, with the, the ongoing sort of depression in the oil market and what could globally be a depression in markets in general due to the pandemic, we're seeing, you know, we got a lot of ships available at very low cost. So where machine learning and AI fits is, is an interesting one. Um, we use a lot of sophisticated predictive uh, algorithms to manage vessels now, sort of their performance of their engines and other systems off, off board, right? So they connect by satellite. Engines are monitored in tune and they have very small crews on these big container ships, but there's no, and there's no economic incentive to keep away with them. Uh, and then in very small uh, vessels, close to shore or near shore work, there's quite as a glut of vessels and even in offshore vessels now. So it's an odd time to be going into this. You know, it's better when there's a demand for ships in general and you want to drive the cost down by keeping uh, either minimal manning or no manning. But at the same time, you, you, you really want to increase safety, which is the goal of all this. If we can accomplish our goals at sea with fewer or no people, uh, that doesn't mean you can't have people. It just means that maybe we better optimize what we do with vessels that have people on them because we have more information or the preponderance of tasks, whether it's commercial or research, is undertaken by um, autonomous systems. But again, the economic drivers are, are kind of crazy right now. So this is sort of, a, how do I put it, a forcing function to show what's technologically possible with the existing uh, technology that it, that we have today, and we'll see if it inspires anybody. We certainly hope it does, and we're going to learn a tremendous amount in the process. So, as the economy starts to recover, we should be able to grow into new markets. But it's autonomy and jobs is a tough, tough topic. I think we have the opportunity to make better jobs for people. We have the opportunity to democratize how research in the ocean is done by pushing out. 
um, fairly sophisticated but lower cost research assets that can be managed regionally and contribute or locally and contribute to a database, um, a vast sort of voluminous database about climate, which will need AI to, to analyze as well and to make into actionable information. So I think that's probably its, its most immediate potential output. What the economics of, of replacing people on boats is, we'll see. I think it's going to take a little bit of a while, but we need to prove it's safe first before we do it. I know, I know there's a lot of discussion about the role of um, autonomous systems and autonomous ships, and we have to be clear that those are, of course, as you said, two separate endeavours moving forward. But when it comes to unmanned or unmanned and autonomous ships, I know there's work that's been ongoing on the regulatory side of things, both at the IMO and within a regulatory working group within the IMO. Now, you alluded a second ago to the regulatory thoughts that you might be having. Have, have you had discussions with the UK authorities and the US yeah. authorities? We work, We talked to the Coast Guard in the US. We talked to the Marine and Coast Guard Agency here. We're working with a couple of different certification authorities, class societies, to get certification on the autonomy. The ship is a different thing with no people on it. Most of the rules about how ships are built don't really apply what the rules really are. I mean, right now the law doesn't prevent you from doing this. There are no rules that do. They're ambiguous. They're all written with the assumption that there are men on boats, but they don't predicate it. So we're going to go right ahead and do it. Also, we don't fall into the IMO jurisdiction because we're under the, the, the gross tonnage and length uh, minimum. So for us, it's a, it's a pure science endeavor that we're going to undertake. And, uh, Fortunately, most of the regulatory bodies want to go along with us, so we're just going to crack on with it. You know, it's just like aircraft, right? It just takes a while to catch up. Yeah, I, th I see a lot more um, realism about the opportunities that are emerging with AI, particularly over the last three or four years, compared to about five or six years ago, there was a lot of hype and fear-mongering oh, yeah. almost, where I saw a lot of well, the, 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 the ghost ships are coming kind of headlines. Well, there was a lot of hype, and then there were also a lot of startups that produced nothing, took a lot of investment capital in, and then it didn't go anywhere. So, you know, I think that kind of got weeded out a little bit, and we're producing some software on the back end of this that'll be available um, as a product, but we're going to do it through applied research. And our first goal is to, to demonstrate its safety and its utility, uh, at least in one role, doing both research about AI and autonomous ships or vessels, and also its role in conducting science and then or scientific research at sea. After that, um, we'll see what happens. But do you think there's a lot more maturity around the whole potential here. I think there's a lot more pragmatism about it. And I think after all the madness, um, uh, sort of all the doom and gloom kind of stuff ends, um, you know, yeah, I guess there's more cogent voices, more realism. Once you get the vessel over to the US coast, um, you're in Plymouth. And are you going to be sending it back again? What happens to it once it's in Plymouth, US? Plymouth, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, it's going to come back and transit quite all over. We're going to go up to Norway with it for a while and do some work in the Arctic, and then we'll come back and, oh, we've got a several two-, three-year plan. We're not ready to lay that out yet. Do you see more of these kind of projects happening now, and do you see the vessels beginning to get bigger where they meet that IMO 
um, expectation. And I'm, I'm kind of in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about what's happening with Yara Birkeland. We have the luxury of being agnostic, um, return on investment agnostic, right? We're funded by a nonprofit research foundation. So we don't have to return anything but scientific data. Brett Fanouf, who's heading up to the Mayflower Autonomous Vessel Project, which will set sail, hopefully after all the sea trials have done, later this year to head to the USA. Well, that's nearly it for this episode of Aranax, third in our short series looking at autonomous systems and autonomous ships. And it does seem to me like, as Ornolf Rodseth from Sintef Ocean said, that we should be careful that what we call autonomous vessels are autonomous ships. The mass definitions are currently quite broad, and while the autonomous technologies on a research drone in the Pacific may have some common points with those on a modern commercial cargo vessel which may sail with or without a full complement of crew, the implications and risks are quite different. I'll be looking at further developments on this topic after the summer. For now, we've just got time to hear again from Nick Chubb from Thetius for our regular stock take of what's been happening in the startup and innovation space in the maritime and ocean sectors. Thanks, Craig. First this week, congratulations to the team at Coach Solutions on the announcement that they have been acquired by Kongsberg Digital. The Coach platform, which provides vessel performance optimization and routing analytics, is already in use on over 900 ships and will become Kongsberg Coach. This comes in the same week that Kongsberg announced the launch of an equipment monitoring application. Known as Health Management, the application assists in the advanced prediction of failures through the early detection of abnormal behavior in engines. Health Management will join Coach Solutions as part of Kongsberg's Vessel Insight range of operational management software applications. Congratulations are also due to Norwegian startup Blue Eye Robotics. This week they closed a $1 million funding round from their existing investors. The startup was founded in 2015 and builds drones that can be used to carry out underwater hull and machinery inspections without divers. This latest investment brings their total funding up to $7.5 million. Lastly, the International Port Community Systems Association has launched a network of trusted networks. This is a a two-year proof of concept involving 14 members covering 70 ports, 10 airports and multiple inland terminals. And the idea is to enable secure port-to-port and cross-border data exchange that allows facilities in different locations to share information and improve supply chain efficiency and visibility. That's it for this episode. I'm taking a break for the summer and we'll be back with new episodes in August and September where once again we'll be travelling around the oceans looking at the changing landscapes, people and technologies that make up the ocean industries. And remember, subscribe for the regular updates from Fathom World where if you don't like the sound of my voice you can at least read all the stories and latest announcements. And if you do like Aronax, please remember, subscribe to get notifications of our next episodes, some of which I've already recorded and are being ready to be broadcast. Have a safe and hopefully relaxing summer, and until the next time, goodbye.